and welcome to episode 61 of the Corinne Ninja podcast. Obviously, it's rebranded. The old name was When Life is Lemon to Go Vegan, but recently, I think it's now been five episodes. So I'll stop mentioning that it used to be called When Life is Lemon to Go Vegan, but that's what it was called, just in case you're listening and thinking, what is this one about? Still the same stories of low-fat, whole-food, plant-based recovery from chronic diseases such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, multiple sclerosis, lupus, and so many others. This new rebrand of the podcast will also have other experts in wellness and health that I've loved in my own journey or, or that I've discovered along the way. And I can't wait to start bringing, incorporating those interviews about meditation, mindfulness, you know, all kinds of great things into the into the podcast. But so far, I'm still just loving talking to people who have had plant-based recoveries from chronic diseases. And this week, I was lucky enough to interview Blake, which a listener, Shaughnessy. Hello, Shaughnessy, if you're listening. She messaged me and she said that her fiancé, Blake, had had a really great story after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And I wanted to say that everyone that's been on this podcast is in different places on a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based journey. There is obviously, optimally, when you think about Dr. Colin Campbell, when you think about Dr. McDougall, Dr. Barnard, you know, all of the plant-based gurus that most of us who are listening to this podcast or who have been following this way of eating for a while. They're all out. We're, you know, huge fans of these experts in nutrition, but everyone's in a different spot that comes on this show, whether they've been whole food plant-based for five months, six months, 10 years, wherever it is, you know, we tweaked our diet and changed our diet. You know, I've been, you know, I went raw vegan for a while. I went raw vegan with tons of bananas for a while, but I gained like 10 kilos because I ate too much peanut butter and dates. Anyway, that wasn't a good model for me, but I'm just saying you go along and you find different things that work and don't work. And a a high banana, whole banana, banana diet (laughs) did not work for me. It worked for me for a couple of days and then it didn't work for me. Obviously, if I was consistent with it, maybe it would be different, but it didn't work for me in that particular time in my life when I tried it. And some people thrive on, you know, raw vegan diets and Jeanette Murray Wakeland, she has reversed and healed and been in remission from terminal breast cancer for several, several years now and ran around Australia after adopting a raw vegan diet. And Shamiz Kachwala, hi Shamiz, from High Carb Health, you know, he went raw fruitarian um, to heal his ulcerative colitis. Some people are eating a little bit more avocado than others. Some people are eating a, a little bit more Obviously, optimally, this is a no oil, whole food, plant-based diet, but the whole food, plant-based diet can be a raw whole food, plant-based diet. It's a low fat, whole food, plant-based diet, which means that the majority of our calories are coming from greens, fruits, vegetables, legumes, starches, and some nuts, seeds, avocado on the side. But there's so much variation on how that is done. Everyone has tweaks on how much, you know, I don't like eating too many chickpeas. It makes me feel gassy, even though I've tried a million different ways. I can't hack too many chickpeas. Other people can have tons of beans. I prefer to have less beans and have more quinoa, grains, potatoes, broccoli, oats, 
that kind of thing with some banana that and some fruits on the side. I really like it like that. I don't like that many legumes. I don't have that many legumes, but I have a lots of the other stuff. Um, it just depends. You'll play around with it in your own journey and I think that that's important because I think a lot of people, obviously you want to make sure you get enough of everything. So having a tracker, you know, like a chronometer or something like that can really help initially when you're figuring out how to get as much of everything that you need. Protein, obviously, carbohydrates, fiber, iron, all those kinds of things. You want to make sure that you're getting enough. So check or work with a plant-based nutritionist or dietitian or a doctor, find the right team and work with them if you're wanting to, especially if you're wanting to lose weight or heal from chronic diseases, find what works for you and play around with it, tinker. And if you've got food things that you think, oh, yeah, I don't like this or I don't like that, just keep in, keep trying it once a month rather than saying I'm never going to like it because your taste buds will change. And if you never liked bananas, for instance, try it again in a month or try it in a different way. Try it blended in your oats or mash it into your oats or blend it into a pancake mix, you know, whatever it is. I'm just mentioning bananas because I have a few friends that don't like bananas. But whatever it is, if you don't like broccoli, just keep introducing it, you know, once a month and just seeing when, if your taste buds have changed at all or if things are different. Because often, you know, I never used to like so many different vegetables and now I love them pretty much. I can't think of one. I, I don't love the texture of cap, red capsicum, if I'm honest. But I don't mind it if I grill it and take the skin off. But, you know, it's up to you. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I think that it, it's important that everyone knows that every guest on my show has variations of their strictness to this way of eating. Obviously, if you listen to any of those doctors that we follow and that we love, it's you who <laughs> Dr. Clapper once said to me when I was asking about this way of eating and, and moderation, and he said, you know, the thing is, if you're eating a moderate amount of the junk vegan foods, the junk vegan foods are still terrible for you if they're full of oils, fats, salts, you know, processed grains, all these things that aren't good for us, refined, you know, soy protein isolates, all those things are terrible for us, just as terrible as any other thing that's terrible for our bodies. You can eat them in moderation if you only want a moderate amount of chronic disease, if you only want a moderate amount of an amputation, if you only want a moderate amount of obesity or or whatever it is. That seems a bit like a, oh, don't. But, you know, most people have a variation, but obviously the more closely you adhere to this way of eating, the better the results that you're going to get. So... Don't be hard on yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Don't be hard on yourself, but just keep moving. And my journey has gone so far from when I ate tons, you know, cooked, cooked all with oil. I had, you know, when I was pregnant with Iggy, I just went off the wagon completely and I ate everything I wanted. And, of course, I gained like 20 kilos <laughs> during that pregnancy, whereas with Theo when I was much more clean and whole food plant-based, I didn't I only gained, you know, this, this typical amount, well, the, the general amount that you gain when you're, when you're pregnant rather than extra. And so I had less to lose after my second pregnancy and I had a better pregnancy overall and a better birth and a better labor and all those kinds of things as a result of just being in better shape overall. So like the teacher used to say in primary school, you're only cheating yourself if, you, if you're eating these foods that we know perpetuate disease in our lives. But don't be hard on yourself. You're a human. We're all learning. It's okay. Just keep going. Every step is a step towards better health. So 
just get started. But anyway, I'm rambling. I have to go because I have to make dinner. But Blake is on the show. He has a credit was diagnosed with a chronic illness I'd never heard of before called myasthenia. I'm sorry, Blake, if I'm butchering this, myasthenia gravis three years ago. And so today he's going to tell his story, his story with that disease and what that did talk about that, what that, what that disease is and, and his experience with a low fat, whole food, plant-based diet. And yeah, I hope you, I really loved meeting Blake and speaking to Blake and hearing his story. So I hope that you all get something out of it too. So thank you so much, Blake, for coming on the show and sharing your story and thank Shaughnessy for getting the two of us together in a room to chat. I'm so grateful and I hope you all enjoy listening to Blake's story today. All right. Bye. Hello, Blake, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Corinne. How are you going? Yeah, I'm really good. I obviously found out about your story from your fiance. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so excited to share your story with with everyone who's listening. So do you want to just get started and tell us a bit about wh- where it all began? Sure. Yeah. Um, my name's Blake West. I am currently 27 years old. I'm from Perth, Western Australia. Um, I was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis um, three years ago in September. So literally my anniversary for my three year went by last or two months ago. Um, since then I've been sort of up and down with fatigue and, uh, Lots of muscle fatigue with my eyes, my limbs. I've been in and out of hospital. I've had surgeries. I've had, um, you know, I'm still on immunosuppressants, and I still have um, immuno. What are they called? Um, infusions on a five-weekly basis. So it's been interesting, um, but it's been a learning curve, I suppose you could say, for me. Would you be able to tell us a bit about what? Is it myasthenia gravis? Yeah, myasthenia. Yeah, it stands for grave muscle weakness. It's like a Latin name. And um, basically, it just affects the signal that is sent to your muscle to tell it to move. So, you know, it's classified as an autoimmune condition where the uh, white blood cells are attacking some part of your body. So, a bit similar to um, multiple sclerosis, I suppose, where that attacks the myelom sheaths, which I think I've read about except my condition attacks the nerve receptor. So it sort of blocks the signal from being sent or received. So, um, for example, you know, the brain telling my, my arm to move or my eyelids to stay open, which was the worst one, or uh, my eyes to look in one direction. So um, that's where it's mainly affected my life is in my sort of my exterior limbs and in my uh, eyes, basically. And sorry, sorry, I missed. When were you diagnosed? Only like last year? Uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Wow. And so your eyelids wouldn't open? Yeah. So I had a period um, last year from about March through to October where my right eye was shut. I could not open it. Goodness. Yeah. So I had to, it was, it was interesting, you know, I had to go to work. I had to be social. I had to pretty much just get along with my life with uh, one eye for the most of it. Um, a majority of that I didn't drive. So I had uh, I was living with my auntie at the time who was amazing and she drove me to work because we happened to work at the same place. So I had it, I had it, yeah, I, had it, I was pretty lucky, I suppose, throughout the whole of my 
little roller coaster ride I've had. I've had a really strong support base with family. My fiance has been amazing. Can't thank her enough. Um, but yeah. So, sorry, I'm backtracking a lot. So, go back to before you were diagnosed. What was happening? You were. What was ever a tip? What was this? What were the symptoms that started to make you think, "Oh my gosh, something's terribly wrong"? So, they don't really know what caused it. You know, no doctor can really give me an answer. I think I have a pretty good answer, but we'll get to that. Um, so over the course of about a week, my vision went from just normal. You know, I was working in a factory fabricating aluminium window frames. And over the course of the week, I just noticed my vision started to double. So I was seeing two, you know, drills and two frames. And as I looked up, everyone was sort of doubling. I thought, hang on a minute, something's a bit wrong here. So um, that weekend, I actually drove from Perth to Geraldton because um, I was only just sort of starting out with my fiance at the time. We were just seeing each other. And when I met her in Geraldton, my eye was looking completely in the wrong direction and she screamed and was like, oh my God, we need to get you to a hospital. And this was at the time we were still just friends. So she like, we, we went to the hospital and they put me on a plane, flew me straight back to Perth. And um, I spent a week in Perth having uh, tests done. I had MRI scan, I had CT scans, I had a lumbar puncture and yeah, I had all sorts of scans and they sort of, yeah, they couldn't really come up with a clear diagnosis, but the closest they could come up with was myasthenia gravis because I didn't have the symptoms of MS, which is what they first thought it was. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So your eye wasn't the first thing, but it was the first kind of really noticeable thing or was it the first thing? It was the first thing, yeah. So my vision was doubled. So no matter what I did to try and look straight, one eye would look straight and the other would just be looking off into, you know, the future over to the right. And <laughs> it was, you know, I kind of used it to my advantage as like a bit of a party trick, you know, um, when we go out and someone would be like, you looking at me or are you looking at him or are you looking, you know, where are you looking? So, yeah, just I just got used to looking through my good eye and my sort of my bad eye just became a mirror of just whatever it was looking at and I couldn't really do much with it, so... Um, yeah. Did you see out of it? I could, yeah. So it is, you you know, when you, you go cross-eyed and you can see two of everything. Imagine yeah. that being your vision for quite a long period of time. But like I said, I just got used to looking out of my good eye. So my left eye became my dominant eye, even though I was right side dominant prior to this. Yeah, wow. And um, yeah, I just got used to looking with my good eye. And I wore an eye patch at work just to make it easier to work. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And so then kind of what happened from there as far as your symptoms? So I was put on a dose of Mestinon, which is your first sort of medicine they give guys with uh, guys and girls, sorry, with this condition. Didn't really help. Then they put me on prednisolone, um, which helped, and it sort of brought my vision back. I was all good for about six months, and then things started going downhill really quick. I got my double vision back. Um, I got muscle fatigue in my arms and my legs so I could hardly walk upstairs I could hardly take my shirt off um I was rushed back into hospital because I thought I was going to have like an attack where I was going to stop breathing stuff like that um and they then put me on um transfusions and that sort of steadied me out a little bit brought back the fatigue and and you know I got my strength back so it was, it was hard for me because I like to go to the gym and I like to stay active. So for someone who was physically quite fit before this happened, 
I lost a lot of muscle weight and I basically was just, yeah, just trying to do what I could with what I had at the time. Um, yeah, so I can keep going if you like. I've got a big list here yes, of my, sort of my rollercoaster. Yes. Please keep going. So, oh my gosh. So, your life kind of just. Yeah, just hit a massive big, whoa, hang on a minute. You got to look after yourself a little bit here. I mean, We'll get to what I think was the main cause of it when um, a bit later. Yeah. But so yeah, I was on. So you're on transfusions. Every, yep. Um, everything was going okay. You know, my vision and my strength came back. My eyelid then closed and never really opened again for some time. And that's when the doctors sort of said, "Radio, oh, it's time for surgery," which was the next option. Um, so I had a thymectomy, which is where they <laughs> lay you down, cut you open from the like the just below your neck, sort of halfway down your sternum, pull that open and I pulled out a little gland called your thymus, which is, um, to my knowledge, responsible for making all your white blood cells when you're a young adult, like, you know, when you're growing up. And then around your teenage years, it sort of turns off because you've got, your body has now got what it needs to sort of produce its own white blood cells and keep them running. Um, According to scans and whatnot, mine was still sort of overproducing, which is what they um, have thought that has kept this autoimmune condition going. So they took it out. Um, I was four weeks off work. I have a nice big scar down the middle of my chest now. Yeah, that was good fun. Oh, my God. I've never heard of that surgery before in my whole entire life, and it sounds horrific. <laughs> yeah, I was in intensive care ICU for uh, a night. That was good fun. You know, I mean, uh, having uh, morphine on your buzzer, that's pretty cool. Um Obviously, in hospital, I wouldn't be doing it outside of that. But um, <laughs> no, I got, I got you, I got you. I just had surgery myself, and that first, that first twenty-four hours, I was like, "This is all right." And then afterwards, I was like, "This is horrible." <laughs> yeah, def- it was. Yeah, it was not a good four weeks. I was basically bedridden um, on my back, couldn't lie on my side, couldn't really get up and do much because I just had my sternum cracked open. So, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was fun. Um, it sort of worked, I suppose. My eyelid opened again, which was amazing. Um, I didn't really get back a lot of my strength. I still had a lot of fatigue. Um, so that was March last year. So from that point there, I sort of wasn't really convinced that the surgery had worked. Um, neither were the doctors. So we had one last ditch effort to sort of fix me. Otherwise, I was going to be sort of labeled as one of those ones they can't fix. So mm. thankfully, I was given a a heavy dose of a transfusion called vituximab. Um, it's very similar to sort of what they give cancer patients or those who need a severe immune depressing to sort of prevent what is happening in their body. So I was given that in November last year. So we're coming up to a year now since I had that. And that pretty much set me straight. My strength came back. My eyes aligned ever so slowly, week by week by week. They've been getting better. And then in February of this year is when – I made the switch to a plant-based diet and since I've been eating whole food plant-based, it has changed my life for just it's amazing. Like I'm dropping medications. I don't have to have transfusions as often anymore um, and I'm seeing my doctor next week and I'm looking at dropping more medication. So it's been fantastic for me. So wow, how did you find out about a whole food plant-based diet? Well... My fiance's old man, Ken, he's been, he's been pushing it for a, quite a while. You know, he said to me, he's always saying to me, have you tried, you know, other means other than just what the doctors are telling you? You know, have you, have you 
tried the holistic way or if you looked into diet or if you, you know, if you've done any of that. And I was just like, oh, no, nah, you know, the doctors are trying to do their best, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it. And I just sort of just blew it off, you know. I never really thought, uh, you know, diet will do anything. And uh, so eventually I broke, I caved in, um, not February this year, but last year I went and saw a uh, naturopath and she got me on a gluten-free diet. So I was eating gluten-free for quite some time. And then one of my mates at work, actually, he just said, hey, Westy, have you heard of this documentary? Um, am I allowed to say names of things on this show? Of course you can. Yes, yeah, go um, ahead. Yeah. Uh, what the Health on Netflix. He's like, oh, you should give it a watch. Um, it's very interesting. And it mentioned the people with autoimmune diseases. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll watch that. Shaughnessy was out doing her circus sport that she does on a Thursday night. So I just sat down in front of the telly and turned it on. And no joke, a little light bulb just went flick inside my brain and as soon as Shaughnessy got home, I said, babe, I'm going plant-based and <laughs> wow. no joke, just like that. The next day, I didn't, the, that night actually, I had, I sat down eating my chicken curry just going, oh my God, you know, it, it, I don't know, it just hit home because of, because of my condition, because of everything I'd been through, I just went, it's time to make a change. Yeah. And what did she say? Was she like, okay? No, nah, she was like, <laughs> no way, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> she's like what what did you do what did you watch and I'm like sit down with me tomorrow and watch this doco and you'll be exactly the same and so we sat down on Saturday morning and watched it together and she was like yep let's do it so oh, I love that good for her I yeah, love it she's been my absolute rock this whole this whole three years without her I don't think I you know through the low points of being yeah you know, weak and having one eyelid shut and having to try and put on a brave face and go to work and be social without her, I think I would have probably, you know, gotten very upset. We, yeah, started on a plant-based diet in February of this year and have been ever since and it's been amazing and I will never look back, ever. Ah, it's so good to hear. So what was the first, what were the things that may have made you say that? Like what has happened that's made you say, this is it for me, I'm done? In February, my vision still wasn't perfect. My strength and my fatigue still wasn't perfect. So I was having naps at work at lunchtime. Um, that was sort of the, 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 the symptom that's hung around for most of my diagnosis was the fatigue. So I'd get up for work. You know, I was an early riser. We've always started work at 6.30. So I'd get up for work at 6.30. By lunchtime, I was starting to really slow down, would have a nap, and then try and get through the rest of the day, get home, literally go to bed. So once we started sort of eating plant-based and we started doing some more research and watching a few more docos and um, learning about the effects of what you put in your body does for your body, you know, what you put in, you get out. And all of a sudden the fatigue started going away and the medication I was on for my fatigue, I sort of experimented on my own and just sort of started taking it instead of every day, every second day, then every third day. And eventually I just stopped taking it and I haven't had to keep I haven't gone back. You know, my fatigue is now gone. I get up at 5.30, I work a nine-hour day, I go to the gym, I come home, I cook dinner, and I go to bed at 9.30 and rinse and repeat, um, which is amazing for, you know, looking back two years ago, I could hardly make it past five o'clock in the afternoon. That is so good. And I think that that is one of the things that every every single person on this show talks about over and over again is that even if let's say it didn't reverse or help heal so many autoimmune diseases the 
we would we all would never go back just because of the energy from the from the other side effects of a whole food plant based diet, which is getting that energy and vitality back so that you can enjoy life again. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, um, even like my skin, you know. So prednisolone is not a nice drug to be on. It does horrible things to you know your alertness and to your organ functions and stuff like that, and it really hurt my skin, you know. So breaking out in acne again. Like I was a teenager all over again, it was horrible. And since I'm still on three milligrams at the moment, so I've been weaning down off 25 milligrams over the last year. Yeah, wow. So you're only on three now. That's amazing. Yeah, and so I should be finished up in January, which is going to be so good. Um, but my skin is is perfect now. Like, you know, it's you know, people always say to me, "God, your 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 face looks healthy. Like you look healthy." And it's like, well, all I eat is vegetables and beans and rice you know and fruits so you'd want to hope so and i've met a lot of people throughout this journey who've had like cystic acne or who've had severe acne and and so many people who once they drop the dairy once they drop the animal fats you know all that fat build up in your skin and your is it your sebaceous glands, I want to say, but that's probably not it. Anyway, there's so many people that their skin becomes just flawless once they take they change their diet and adopt this way of eating because they're not got all that animal fats and goop, you know, in their in their in their skin. Yeah, I completely agree. Like cholesterol levels and stuff like that. I just started all of a sudden I wanted to go and get my cholesterol checked. I'm like, I wonder what my cholesterol would be now that I've been eating this way for so long, but it's just, yeah, it was um, it was interesting the first couple of weeks. Like, did you want to sort of go into... Yes, please. So what was it like the first couple of weeks? How, how did you go? We tried making our normal dishes plant-based. So we just sort of started going with, okay, let's have spaghetti, but let's use quinoa as the mince and try and make, you know, a mince out of that. We didn't really have much, you know, a lot of ideas on what we were doing. I sort of just I was having I was having like the worst thing you could possibly eat before this. I was eating like processed meat and cheese sandwiches. Like that's the worst thing you could possibly eat. I basically just stopped eating my sandwiches and sort of went to a bit more fruit and veg during the day at smoke on lunch and just changed up a few little bits and pieces, but dinners was still a bit of a struggle, you know. We weren't really quite sure. We were just sort of roasting some veggies and having salads on the side of um bits and pieces and then we actually got really really lucky and without the uh, program that we found we probably would not be where we are today but we stumbled across a, um, a plant-based food delivery service in Perth called Earth Eats. Oh wow that's great never heard of it Earth Eats everyone if you're in Perth. Yeah big shout out to Nicole um, unfortunately she's not running the business anymore she had oh, to bummer. close it on a high because of um, personal reasons, so that's fine. But we basically, from February through till late September, before she closed, um, we're getting a box of vegetables, rice, you know, cans of um, lentils and chickpeas, and everything to create four meals of the week. So um, our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night dinners were delivered in a box, and we just whipped up the recipes that she gave us and. There you go. Um, and from there sort of stemmed what we now eat on a day-to-day basis, which is her recipes just sort of recreated in our own sort of way that we like, you know, um, a bit more red onion here when it's baked or a bit less when it's, fr- when it's fresh or raw because it's very strong. Um, bits and pieces like that. And 
retreating back to our sort of Western diet where we were eating lots of cheese and lots of meat. Yeah. So what was your diet apart from the Sam? What would a typical breakfast have been like for you before? Uh, my typical breakfast would have been I would get up and have eggs on toast or just like, yeah, just Vegemite on toast or not a lot because I was getting up pretty early and just trying to put as much into my body before I got up. Usually consisted of, yeah, like milk and uh, I think I had wheat beaks. I can't even remember because I'm so used to what I eat now. Oh, actually, no, we were having oats, um, not gluten-free oats, just normal oats, but with um, cow's milk and yogurt on top and stuff like that. So what we thought was healthy. Yeah. And so now, what's breakfast look like now? Well, it's pretty much the same. So it's oats um, uh, with uh, almond and coconut milk sort of blend that's fortified with B12 and other B vitamins with uh, chia seeds, flax seeds, blueberries, uh, raspberries um, topped with honey, basically, for a bit of extra sweetness. Throw some cinnamon in there as well, and that's what we have every morning. Wow, that, that is so good. And so dinner and lunch, you just – so basically, and I think that everyone who starts out, the, one of the best ways is to do what you already were eating and just tr- switch it for plant-based alternatives for the meat, the dairy, and the eggs. Yeah. That's great. And so was it hard? Like for you, apart from this, I know you said it was hard as far as just getting the meals sorted, but what was it? Was it hard with the cravings at the start? I think the only thing we missed initially once we sort of like, because we watched so many docos and we're like, all right, meat is not good for us. Like it's it's good for you to give you protein. Um, in, I don't want to slam meat eaters, but it's, you know, it's so processed by the time it gets to our plate that it's definitely not what we should be eating. So, mm. I didn't want to put my body in danger of sort of um, going backwards, you know. Like I would I come all this way after this rituximab infusion and I was getting better and better and better and better. I didn't want to then risk eating something that was going to make my body reverse itself. So that was my drive. My sole drive was to write, let's sort something out that I can eat for smoko and lunch, an afternoon snack. I eat five massive meals a day, obviously, because plant-based, you'll eat more calories. Um but that was my main drive. So I, I just sourced recipes for lunch and if I didn't like it, I would try another one. Um, so I finally nutted it out to a, a spicy high-protein quinoa mix that I make with edamame, capsicum, red onion, yellow onion. I put soy sauce in there, gluten-free soy sauce, uh, chili flakes and all that kind of stuff and mix it all up and that's my lunch every day and I don't get sick of it and it's fantastic. Yum. I we I find it hard to find edamame, so I'm going to have to find some. I'm going to make it my mission because I love it when I get it, but I just find it hard to get as far as in the groceries. I normally get it at restaurants. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I have to find some. We get it at Woolworths. Woolworths. Yeah. What have in Victoria? Why have I never seen it? Which section? It's in the frozen section. Frozen section. I am getting some... Yeah, it comes comes shelled as well in like these little packages. You don't even have to push it out of the shelves. It's so good. You can just whack it straight in a pot and just heat it up and it's ready to go. I love them so much. I'm getting some. This grocery grocery period, which starts on Sunday, I'm getting some. Yeah, do it. (laughs) Awesome. So what were the... What did you first notice as far as you said your energy, but what um after that is your did your partner notice anything as well or um I lost weight, so I started i you know I leaned out i I probably lost about three or three kilos three and a half kilos I think I've been maintaining a pretty steady weight now, so yeah, I lost sort of like just the little like the 
the cream around the edges, I suppose you could say, like just the little bits of puppy fat around my waist and stuff like that. And she, she noticed that and um, she also lost a little bit of weight as well, um, which she was happy with. Other than that, my vision, so my, my eyes weren't 100% before we started this diet and they've slowly just week by week by week by week by week just getting better and better and better to the point now where it's pretty much 100%. So wherever I look, I've got complete vision. It's It's still a little bit, fuzzy if I look at the really extreme like of both sides of my vision but I mean who looks that far anyway these days you just turn your head and look at someone exactly exactly wow so you've come so far I was wondering about socially and at work like how has it been socially for you because a lot of people who are listening and who are curious they they stop when they think about how they're going to deal with family members and friends and work colleagues and all those things and they just think it's too hard basket like how has that been for you well work has been amazing my work have uh, supported me this whole way through they've let me had time off when i needed it they've not fired me i suppose because of my condition they've basically adapted my role and what i've been doing for them throughout the years so that it didn't um you know put a dampener on, on the quality of my life. So I was very lucky to be working at such a great place, which I still work now and I have been for most of the time since I moved to Perth from Geraldton. Yeah, so that was that was great. And my friend my friends have been fantastic as well, you know, like they all understand that these things happen, you know, and when we would go out I would just have I you know, I'd just have double vision or I'd just have an eyelid shut and no one would make a fuss. You know, if I met someone new for the first time, they'd obviously ask and say, what happened to your eye? And I'd usually just say, oh, I got sick of, so sick of saying I have an autoimmune condition. I just said, oh, I just got punched in the head. But, you know, it was just, it just, it did get a little bit annoying, especially waitresses stopping and going, oh, my God, what happened to your face? And I'd just be like, oh, I got in a fight and try not to make a big deal about it. <laughs> I did sort of retreat a little bit socially over, the, over those seven months when my eyelid was shut because it was, sort of difficult to want to go anywhere and have people walk look at you and sort of you're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not winking at your girlfriend, mate. I'm just, I've just got, you know, a condition. Don't worry. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. But it was, it wasn't amazing either. I think one, I think with an autoimmune disease, like, like yours and with multiple sclerosis, I don't, from my own personal experience with MS, I think, I, th- I think this is this case for most chronic diseases is just not knowing if there is an end point. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, not knowing if this is permanent. You know, am I going to have this forever? Yeah, well, I'm a pretty pushy fella. Like, you know, every time I saw my neurologist, I was like, come on, what's going on? You know, we basically went through the list. Like, if you if you Google how to sort of fix myasthenia gravis it starts off with just medication and starts off with this and this and this and we just sort of went through the hierarchy of control you know right let's start on medication and then that didn't work all right let's do transfusions oh that didn't work let's rip a bloody organ out of his chest and oh that didn't work so now we'll give him a stronger dose so i i was at a point where i was like oh my god am i gonna be you know fatigued and have my eye closed for the rest of my life but i i never sort of Gave up hope. I was like, nope, you know, I'm, I'm going to get better. This is going to work. We'll just keep doing what we need to do until I get better. And I just saw a plant-based diet as another one of those hierarchies. Let's radio. This is the this is as good as it gets. You know, let's switch the diet. 
Yes, and if you haven't seen What the Health or Forks Over Knives, or there's so many now, Food Matters, there's so many um, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. There's so many documentaries out there talking about and promoting the healing benefits of you know, plant foods, optimal foods for our health and longevity, according to Blue Zones, according to you know, so many amazing doctors who are experts in nutrition and have been researching that area for so long. Definitely go check them out because as Blake's saying, these it is the higher it is the peak of the mountain. It is the you know, you can there's so many different things you can do to put a band-aid over a over an, an issue, over a problem. Like and if the problem the problem as Dr. Clapper, as Dr. Barnard, as Dr. McDougall, as everyone says, the problem is the food most of the time and if you're going to keep you know you can take if a multiple sclerosis says you know daily interferon injections there's all these different steroid intravenous steroids for when you have a relapse there's all these different things that they can do but at the end of the day it's still not treating the root cause of why our bodies are malfunctioning in this way yeah i 100 percent agree because I can't remember which documentary it was. Uh, it might have been Four Seven Eyes um, or Fat. I think it was Fat Sick and Nearly Dead with the Australian guy. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. That was an amazing documentary to see his transformation. But he had a little cartoon in that, and it was about your autoimmune, um, sorry, your white blood cells and your um, immunity. And uh, it sort of showed them. Joe Cross. It's Joe Cross. Sorry to interrupt, but I oh, last episode we mentioned to him he's fat sick and nearly dead, and I couldn't remember his name. I'm mentioning it now. It's Joe Cross. <laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> That's the one. Um, okay, so, yeah, the cartoon. Sorry, go. That was sort of standing guard of your brain or of an organ, and then he was sort of talking about you know if you start feeding him all this stuff like you know lots of dairy, lots of high processed foods, and high fats and stuff like that, they're not going to perform at their optimum level to, you know, protect your body against viruses and, and diseases and, and chronic conditions, you know, like the one I was diagnosed with. So I sort of looked at that and went, hang on a minute, you know, if I start eating foods that are going to heal my immune system, then maybe I won't have an immune disorder anymore. Maybe it'll just go away, you know. So that's that sort of really struck deep with me and I was like, radio, I want to eat what I can to fix my immune condition on my own you know the doctors are doing a great job as well don't get me wrong Um, yeah absolutely absolutely but you want to have i want to do all that i can do to make this better yeah you want to give your body the fighting chance you know it's it's okay like when i started with ms the doctor who i follow dr george jelinek he he said to me and to everyone in the the retreat that i went on he was like you know you can don't discount the Western medicine as as tools and resources for you to use in this journey. Use them both, you know. Don't just say, oh, you know, I'm only going to do this. If you, if you feel comfortable using both, then use both. A plant-based diet alongside working with a medical team or a, t- or, or a healthcare team. You don't have to say, oh, I'm only going to try one. If if you feel confident only trying one, go for it. But if you feel at all reluctant, do both and just give your body a fighting chance with a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm still on medication and I wouldn't just stop taking it unless I was consulting my neurologist first. You know, like I told her obviously about, you know, the fatigue. I said, look, it's gone. And she's like, yeah, you don't have to take medicine anymore. And I was like, all right, cool. 
so we sort of crossed that one out and you know we've been weaning off prednisolone um i still take mycophenolate which is a another immune depressant um which i've been on pretty much forever since i can remember um or since the diagnosis um I still take a antibiotic, just like a bomb antibiotic, once a week or three times a week, sorry, just to help with catching those nasty infections like pneumonia and stuff like that, just while my immune system is so low. And I also take another medication, unfortunately, because I took prednisolone such a high dose for so long, it gave me osteopenia in my spine, which is a mild form of osteoporosis, but like so mild that they call it something different. So they put me on a a tablet to strengthen my bones which has been really annoying and expensive which i'm hoping to get off as well soon so i still take quite a little cocktail in the morning you know get up have my breakfast and then swallow a bunch of pills but it is getting less and less and less and less which is it's exciting for me it's so exciting and i don't know well you probably you haven't listened but i mean joyce has been a few guests on the show who've had you know like what what you've experienced is quite a severe autoimmune react you know response condition and I think we've had you know Joyce Hale was talking about in her episode with lupus which is kind of similar her jawbone basically disintegrated from lupus she had to get a whole new jaw built out of her rib wow yeah and so she had to relearn to talk relearn to eat and you know she had spent so many years so unwell with lupus in hospital and struggling and on all different kinds of medications and so her journey was a slow journey with what well, was was a plant whole food plant-based journey but it wasn't Anyway, her whole goal was eventually to be, to be medication-free. And I think that she either is has reached that goal now or is, 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 is close to reaching that goal. But, it, you know, obviously it takes time, especially when you're on serious drug cocktails like you, you both were, to, to wean yourself and to feel, notice those changes and to, and to basically re, reset your whole immune system. Yeah, that's it. I mean... I wouldn't be where I am today without those medications. So I'm very grateful that I was, you know, um, my neurologist, Nerissa, big shout out to her. She's been amazing for these, you know, three years. She's been very supportive of what I want to do with the diet in February when I told her about it. She's like, yeah, you know, go for it. Just don't stop taking your meds now. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I thank her a lot for everything that I've been through with her, um, but I feel like I'm sort of I'm almost getting to like a stage now where we might be able to push the transfusions out another week, and we might be able to sort of drop the the mycophenolate and get rid of the actinol for my spine and stop taking the antibiotic. You know, I feel like my body's ready to take the reins again and go. You know, I'm I'm okay. You know, but. At the same time, I'm tentative because I don't want to go backwards. You know, I don't want to relapse. I don't want to find myself waking up one morning and my eyelids shut again or, you know. Absolutely. But you're only like February, you're only February ago. And I I can understand why you would be reluctant because that was such a huge impact on your life. All of the, you know, your eyelids, your eyesight, your muscle weakness, your fatigue, you know, it was it was taking so much from you. I can see why you'd be reluctant. You know, eight eight months into a whole food plant based diet to let go of everything. Yeah. It's it's so good going though. I mean, like, we we make some yummy foods, and Shaughnessy shares a few photos to a few um, like Aussie plant based pages pages on Facebook yeah, and stuff like that. And yeah, she gets hundreds of likes and comments, and it, I've really enjoyed. I've never enjoyed cooking so much in my life. Like. 
you can just make some amazing food. So it's been really good. It's so incredible because yourself and the last guest on the show, Gabe, Gabriel Miller, and everyone talks about going from not caring about cooking, not wanting to be in the kitchen. Well, not everyone, but a lot of the guests are saying this is, people say that a whole food plant-based diet, you're just eating lettuce and grass and how boring, but it becomes, becomes an exciting creative outlet in from for a lot of people that come on the show it becomes more interesting more exciting than making the regular chicken stir fry or yeah well Shaughnessy and I look forward to cooking you know we get in the kitchen and you know we've got our, our recipe book like we've got a huge recipe book from what we got from Earth Eats we've got we've got so many recipes in, in fact it it makes up 23 weeks of the year of the year yeah, for recipes and then we just start again. So in six months' time, we'll just start from week one. So it's it's insane how many recipes we've got, and they're all amazing and so nutritious. You know, I don't even worry about where I get all my vitamins and minerals from because we're getting them every day, you know. I mean, B12, I suppose we, we haven't been eating plant-based our whole life, so we already have B12 built up in our systems from eating meat for so long. So we just take a supplement once a week on a Monday morning, and that's all we really need. And Things like iodine, we get from iodized salt and kelp and all that kind of stuff. So as far as getting all the things your body needs, I kind of look at what other people eat and I go, how are you getting what your body needs? And then I look at what I eat and I'm like, surely I'm getting what my body you know, needs. So it's quite funny when I look at what my friends eat versus what I eat and they're like, oh, all you're eating is lettuce and grass. Like, why don't you just go outside and just shave some clippings off the lawn and I'm like it's so much more than that so much more so yeah yeah it's it's you know people you just have to brush those kind of comments off but they just I I just laugh them often yeah it's actually become for Shaughnessy and I a a sort of like a lead by example so we don't we don't go up to like my work friends and I don't slam them for having a ham and cheese toasty in the morning you know I just Mm. I just they know what I eat I know what they eat and for us, it's, yeah, you know, I got my auntie onto Earth Eats. I was sending recipes to all my workmates and they'd all been producing these lovely plant-based recipes and coming back and saying, God, it was such a good meal, Blake, you know, send me more, send me more. And whenever we go out for retreats or golf days through work, you know, I put my hand up to dietary requirements and I always get such a nice looking plate of food. And they were like, why do you get that? And I'm like, oh, you know. I said I was vegan and gluten-free, so, you know, that's what I got because, unfortunately, the uh, catering world is yet to sort of recognize plant-based whole food, so you sort of say vegan, gluten-free, so they know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, And how have you found eating out otherwise? Have, how have you found eating out? A lot of people struggle with that when they make this transition. So eating out of restaurants and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never enjoyed it more, to be honest. We... We obviously we're restricted to certain restaurants, but they're mm. bloody good. Like we live close to Fremantle, so there is so many vegan and plant-based restaurants and cafes in our area that there's just it's like Perth is great. Like it's it's not as far along as somewhere like New York where we visited earlier this year. Like that, every corner has a vegan place that you can go to. Um, but Perth, especially Fremantle. Uh, if you're living in the area and listening to this, um, don't be stressed if you're going to make the switch because there is a lot out there, a lot. Oh, that is so good. We had on the show Natalie Woodman, and she's from, I think, Fremantle in Perth. She's a naturopath nutritionist, and she calls herself the gut engineer. Oh, cool. And I mention her on the show regularly because she's really 
I always say she's like a rain rain woman instead of rain man. She's a rain woman of the gut microbiome and of um, healing you know, our, our gut, our gut microbiomes with food. And she's just so great and such a great resource and so knowledgeable. And I recommend anyone to check out her website, nataliewoodman.com because she is a, you know, whole food plant-based, incredible, incredibly passionate, knowledgeable um, person in this area. And as we, most of us know our gut health is so important when we have autoimmune disease because it's about 70% of our immune system is housed in our gut from our mouth all the way through to the other end. And, yeah, it's, it's it, the animal diets that most of us were eating, the high in saturated fats, processed foods, salts, sugars, dairy, meat, all those things, they're very good at making a great environment for the bad bacteria to thrive and not so great at letting the good guys win, which is what I, how, I, how I explain it to my son, is the good guys versus bad guys. And some donuts, the bad guys love. <laughs> and yeah. and whole f- vegetables, the good guys love. So you want the good guys to be strong. And so I think that that's probably, for most of us, one of the key reasons why this diet works so well is that we're giving the good guys what they need to thrive and take back our health from the bad guys. Yeah, I mean... I look at the medications I'm still taking as, like you could say, the bad guys. Like I'm so conscious, you know, that's why I want to get off them because I'm like, right, I'm putting so much good into my body. You know, I eat sauerkraut every day. We have kimchi with our dinner and stuff like that. I'm eating all the good probiotics, but yeah, I'm still putting in these drugs that are designed to, you know, depress my immune system and, you know, enhance my white blood cells with antibiotics and stuff like that. And I sort of, that's why I'm so excited to see Narissa next week because I'm like, right, you know, I'm at a point now. Can we please, like, start moving away from a few of these? Because, yeah, my, I I mean, I'd never heard of leaky gut syndrome until I sort of started this journey. And, you know, like, it just makes so much sense. You know, what you put into your gut, it it can't deal with, you know, it can't handle. So it just spreads to the rest of your body and just, it just becomes a big toxic mess, so I suppose, yeah. Well, I think one of the ways I, – I really liked one of the ways that Natalie talks about that food in our bodies is that – now, Natalie, I've, if I, if I, I'm going to swear. If I fuck this up, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not you. I'm not Rain Woman when it comes to this stuff. But she talks about, you know, going – if you imagine tending to a garden, if you imagine your gut as a garden and the, and the – Good ba- the good bacteria as, you know, beautiful, healthy, thriving plants that are well looked care- cared for and all those things. And then you imagine abandoning your garden to go away on holidays and you've left your garden go and you've eaten the standard diet or whatever. What happens, what she describes as brick bricks and mortar in a house. And after, if, the, if there's no protection from good bacteria on the protecting the lining of your gut – if, if, if it rained, like torrential rain against the brick wall of a house, eventually the mortar would be damaged and take it and eroded from the bricks. Yeah, it's funny because Sean, you told me this is the exact same story oh, after did listening you? to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, imagine your stomach as a garden. And if you leave for too long, you know, I was like, yeah. That's yeah, I found it be, so you know? good. So she said that once it gets holes in between the bricks, the rain and the weather can come through into your house. And so our house being the rest of our body, so that, you know, that donut and that bit of steak and whatever is literally going through the wall rather than getting digested properly. It's going through and it's just 
they're just, they're just pieces of food in our actual bloodstream and we wonder why we don't feel great. Listen to the episode with her. She'll explain it better than me. I don't know. I don't know. It's in the teens from memory, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure, I'll definitely give it a look. Yeah, well, anyone else listening can give it a look um, as well because she explains it much better than me. <laughs> but it's funny that um, Shauna C mentioned that to you as well. <laughs> Yeah, she's been listening to your episodes quite frequently. It's been it's been good. She gives me a little update and she goes, oh, um, you know, Corinne had this lady on today that did this or this guy that did this. And, yeah, it's been uh, very interesting. Oh, so, good. I'm glad that she's listening and enjoying. Thank you. Well, I just think that these stories such as yours, they really help people like myself. And I, I think they help people even no matter where you are on the journey. You know, I'm 14 years into my journey now. But every time I speak to someone new, like speaking to you now, you just think, wow, look how I'd never heard of this condition. And it's... Yeah, neither, neither had I. Like, what is myasthenia gravis? Like, I didn't even, to be honest with you, I didn't even know what MS was when I, when I, they first took me to hospital and they said, we think you have MS. My auntie broke down and she's like, oh my God, you're joking, right? And I was like, what, what's MS? And then he started to tell me and I burst into tears. I was like, oh my God, my life is over. You know, I... I've just met this new girl, you know, so Sean and I literally had gotten together like two weeks prior to me doing this or uh, two, two weeks, maybe about a month. I don't know. Um, and I thought it's it. I've lost this girl. You know, she's not going to be with, want to be with someone who has just been diagnosed with a condition that could be, you know, yeah, a hindrance on the rest of their life. You know, Sean is so outgoing and she's beautiful and she's, you know, so friendly to everyone she meets. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to be with her. So it was it was a massive setback, but I suppose looking at where I am now, the one thing I wish I had was someone to talk to and someone to you know ask them, hey, what did you do? You know, what what did you experience? And it's quite ironic, um, well not ironic, but it's sad at the same time. But one of my close friends um, in Geraldton, he's just been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. He had quite a bad attack. He woke up one morning and he. He couldn't talk properly. His face went all droopy and um, he was rushed to hospital. And so I immediately reached out to him and said, mate, not to be preachy. I didn't want to, you know, just offload this three years worth of, you know, what's happened to me and what you should do. But I said, look, mate, um, you know, really sorry to hear what's happened to you, but um, definitely look into diet. You know, I'm, I'm here if you want to chat. Um, but I wish I had someone like that tell me three years ago. I mean, I know Sean's his dad did. He kept pressing and pressing it, but I was like, ah, you know, that's just her old man. <laughs> I really, you know, I really wish I had someone sort of press and say, here's what's happened to me and here's what I'd, I've done to, to fix it. I, I wish I had done that, you know, three years ago. But Captain Hindsight, it's, it's a great thing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, so that would be my biggest word of advice would be contact, you know, like these podcasts that you run, they're fantastic for those who might be sitting there at home now saying, Oh God, what am I going to do? You know, my life's over. I've got a debilitating disease, but it's definitely great to know that there's so many people out there who want to help and, you know, not be preachy, but just sort of say, you know, this is what's happened to me and this is the effects of diet, you know, Definitely with diet. Yeah, so. and I, it's been great. I, I am so grateful for every guest who comes on this show and shares their story because people just people just don't know. And Gabriel that was on last week, and, and every guest just says, "We wish we known." And our parents didn't know this. You can't blame anyone because we just didn't have any idea that nutrition could have 
such and it's it's shocking to think that we have such little idea about what foods help our bodies thrive and what foods cause disease in 2018 you think that we you know we can send people to the moon and to mars but we don't know what to feed ourselves <laughs> to help our bodies that comes back to the point of why i think i sort of was diagnosed with this condition i mean like my like you said our parents weren't to know our parents have been fed you know like the the plate that the government sends out every year and says, this is what you need to eat to maintain a healthy diet, you know. My mum would feed me, because I'm, I'm a pretty tall fella, you know, I was pretty much taller than my year seven teacher. So she was feeding me, you know, pastas and eggs for breakfast and bacon and putting so much food into my body to, to feed a healthy growing boy. And I loved it, you know. I loved every minute of her cooking. Um, and I never, I've never blamed her and I never, I never will. But I sort of do look back at the period before I was diagnosed and I, I just moved to Perth and I was studying um, to be a teacher, doing a major in chemistry. And I was 23, so I wasn't a teenager, but I had sort of been already there, done that. But my lifestyle changed dramatically. You know, I was eating out takeaway most nights because I couldn't be bothered cooking because I was living, you know, with relatives um, or I was living by myself. And... Um, I was drinking a lot. I was partying a lot. I was not really doing what you would consider, well, I consider now to be looking after my body. And it probably just got so low and low and low, and you know, drinking and eating such crap food to the point where it just, just went, ugh, I've had enough. And then it just like that, you know, over the course of a week, everything went skew with and now, now here I am. So if I could go back in time, um, and I had known of the, you know, not the dangers. I, well, yeah, I suppose it's dangers. It's not really dangers if you, I don't know. Um, if I, yeah, could go back, I would have not maybe drunk so much beer. I had, would have not eaten three hamburgers, you know, in one sitting or, you know what I mean? I Absolutely. And I think that pretty much everyone that comes on this show, like when you talk to, I'm sorry, everyone who's sick of me not knowing this and not looking it up. But I can't remember who it was, if it was Michael, Dr. Michael Clapper or Dr. Kim Williams. And I'm sorry. Everyone, if you're listening, message me, comment, share it on my Facebook page. <laughs> Elizabeth and Tony, I'm counting on you to tell me who it was. Talking about that young children, them they do autopsies on young children now, they already have the formations of heart disease. You know, young children as young as six, you know, we don't realize when you're a kid and you're young and you think you've got the world ahead of you and your parents just think that they're loving you and giving you, you know, donuts and bacon and Halloween candy and, you know, all this kind of stuff. We don't, we just think we're loving our, our children and no one's got any neg any ill intentions but to love and give kids a wonderful childhood. But the consequences are that we are slowly laying the foundations of chronic disease in kids and the chronic disease rates are getting hi higher and higher and they're, they're starting younger and younger. You know, early onset diabetes, it wasn't a thing. It didn't exist until this, you know, until re very recently. You know, we didn't have children with diabetes generations ago. We, we're just doing that now through, through, da through the damage and the consequences of the diet that we eat. And I think that what you're saying, like we didn't know and we wish we did know, but none of us did. And I had no idea when I was just slamming paddle pops at my school lunch breaks and box, sorry, school lunch breaks and twisties and chips and quarter pounders on the way home from a night out or whatever. You just didn't have a clue that you were actually, it's like, 
it's like when you think about it like finances, like you're actually spending health credits. Yeah, definitely. That that you've got this big, huge debt when you're 65 and your body just goes, you've got the, the bank just forecloses <laughs> on your health. <laughs> it says not. Nah, yeah, but your it stuff. to, you know, me, me and yourself at a lot younger yeah. age, you know. Um, what age were you when you were diagnosed? I was 24. Yeah, so much similar to me, 23 years yeah. old. So it just, it's a big red light. You just go smack, bang, you know, wow, okay, what is going on? I was going to say, and it, oh, that, that light happened to me as well. And then just thinking, if I don't do, what next? Because it's not like you get told you only get one thing. Like, what's the next thing? If you keep going down the road that you're going, what's the next thing? Are you going to get cancer next? Are you going to have a heart attack next? Are you going to get a different? Because you can get multiple chronic diseases. Yeah. Like, I had fibromyalgia and multiple sclerosis by the time I got multiple sclerosis. I already had another one. <laughs> and wow. what, what's the next one going to be before you change? You make the change? And I think that, that for me, that was when I, when I went numb from the waist down. I was like, whoa, you know what? What am I waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. Shaughnessy told me your story. It's incredible. So oh. props <laughs> to you, to where you are now. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. It's um, just one of those things. I suppose you've just got to take a step back and go, right, do I just sort of continue doing what the doctor says? And, you know, because I mean, we've everyone who's probably listening at, at this stage has seen all the documentaries. You know, there's no money in diet for doctors. You know, they... I actually contacted a, a, a plant-based doctor um, who lives in Rockingham or who works out of Rockingham and she was great. Like she said, yeah, give the plant-based diet a go. You know, I'm happy to do full bloods and stuff like that. And she said, but, you know, don't stop taking your meds. Um, so there's those who are for it and there's those who are, you know, just medicine, 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 medicine. And I think that it's it's, it's a two-side point. You know, you need, to, you need to do what you can with diet and also – listen to what the doctors have to say yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I do think shop around until you find a doctor. Like it sounds like your neurologist was open-minded, is great, and that's an incredible, incredible gift for you. I think if you have one that doesn't know anything about a whole food plant-based diet and is, is negative about it, keep looking for get it, getting – Try different doctors until you find one that suits or ask around, ask in you know, groups on Facebook or wherever. What if, if there's a local GP or a local specialist that's more open-minded to a whole food plant-based diet, keep looking until you find one that, that you trust that you can do both with well rather than one that you go to and they like. For me, my neurologist slammed diet, just was like, don't worry about it, eat whatever you want. And then that made me feel hopeless and made me – take a lot longer to actually adopt this way of eating and I spent a lot longer sick because of that. So I think keep looking until you find someone who who is supportive like like Blake's doctor is. Yeah, I mean, we're so lucky in this day and age as well to have the technology to get out there and find it. You know, like here I am sitting in my living room talking to you in Victoria. Um, you know, 20, year, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it would have been so hard to sort of get out there and connect with people. But, you know, through social media and, you know, the world of multimedia, you know, there's so many sources to get your hands on. And I just, yeah, can't recommend it enough to those listening just to, you know, don't get drummed down by what your doctors say, you know, definitely get out there for yourself and 
see what you can do through diet if you're suffering and you don't know what's next it's definitely diet yeah 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 i i agree completely and so on that topic what would be your three biggest tips for anyone listening who is thinking of making the switch oh three biggest tips i would say this is funny actually because she wants to ask me the same thing she's like what would your three biggest tips be <laughs> and the first one i said to her would be i would say don't cry and recreate dishes that you eat eat with meat and she's told me that people say on this show that you try and recreate the same dishes but without meat. But I think it's the opposite. Like when we did try and create the dishes without meat, it just was a mess. So we just basically just went radio through all the old recipes in the bin. Let's just start fresh. So that's what we did. We we went with recipes that weren't meat dishes made vegetarian yes. or vegan. And, and, and for me personally, I I've found – like my husband really liked doing it that way. For me, it just depends on who you are because I just found I didn't really yeah. even like the taste of the dishes anymore. I didn't want them anymore. So I didn't – I don't eat that way. We eat – me and my my husband likes to eat, you know, pastas and make big sauces. So he liked to substitute with mushrooms and more meaty textures for a while and that did help him. But for me, it didn't taste like it, – it, it, it wasn't what I wanted and I didn't really like the taste anyway. So I was fine to just – ditch everything and just now I just eat potatoes and veg and yeah. beans and rice. Well, I mean, we still, yeah, we still make risottos oh, yeah. and we still make pastas mm. and stuff like that, the, the staples. Yeah. But, you know, uh, what did we make last night for dinner? I made, um, oh, what did I make? I made like little patties with a, with a salad and the patties were made from um, lentil flour, um, polenta, red onion, corn, capsicum and a little bit of water. And just mushed it all up in my hands and made these little patties, and they sort of just were like, you have it with a side salad of with capsicum and um, you know mixed greens and olive oil dress, or minimal olive oil actually. I'll say I'll say lemon. We use a lot more lemon now than we do use olive oil. And then yeah, bam, there's your dinner. So yeah, and I think that for a lot of people, ditching the oil is the last part. So for anyone listening. Dr. McDougall, all those people say, say no oil, but it's a slow journey and wherever you are on that journey is okay. You just like, for me, our family, oil was the very last thing to go and that took a while. It took a long while for us to, so, you know, once you start learning how to use lemon juice or vegetable stock or water to, to saute things and cook things or to dry fry with baking paper or use a nonstick pan, all those things are great, but don't. If you're not there, wherever you are in your journey is okay. Just keep going forward. Like Tim um, Kaufman says and like so many other guests on this show says, this isn't linear. We just do the best we can all the time to and forgive ourselves for any, you know, for, if you go out and you make a mistake or you go to a friend's house and you eat the wrong thing because you didn't have any food prepared or planned, just keep going forward and just keep learning and growing and just trying and exploring and making it, making this way of eating as fun and joyful and tasty as possible. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I mean, our oil, we were using like a lot and now we're using less, but we won't go into oil otherwise we'll be here all bloody day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Exactly. So it's not recreate. You, you, you like to start, start from scratch with food. So you're, yeah, okay, great. Number one tip. Yep. Uh, number two would be meal prep. Meal prep, meal prep, meal prep. Like every Sunday I spend probably about an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how nitty gritty I want to get, cooking up my smokos, 
my lunches, Shaughnessy's lunches, um, and we have it all put together, ready to go, so that you don't have to freak out during the week after you've had a big day at work and go, oh my God, what am I having for lunch tomorrow? It's done. And I mean, I'm, I've been in trade in a trade for my whole life, you know, since I was 16. So I'm not a fussy eater. I've just learned to get in there, eat and go. So my smoko and my lunch since we started this journey has been the same. And I love it. I crave my smoko and my lunch. What do you have for your smoker? What do you have on that break? Because I have a few friends that are in factory settings and they want solid food to keep them going for the day. And they say, you know, I don't want to go whole food plant-based because I need energy. I've got big days in the factory or big days at the paper mill or wherever. Hi, Christy, if you're listening. <laughs> Her husband works at paper mill. So um, what do you say? Because you're obviously a fit strong guy and a lot of guys say I, I i feel hungry without me you know i need something to stick to me Nah, i just eat so carbs are your friend right when you're on this on this diet you know we're not doing the keto diet don't do that because that's not good for you sorry to all those who like the keto diet but um <laughs> yeah carbs so i have you know oats for brekkie so a big bowl of oats half a cup of oats with you know milk and all the additives and stuff like that and then for smoko i Sort of created a little mix that I found off the back of a little thing you can get from Woolies. It's like a grab-and-go brown rice with lentils and chickpeas and stuff like that. So I sort of – basically, I just cook up a massive batch of brown rice, so like three cups of brown rice with three tins of lentils, three tins of chickpeas. So that's a lot yeah, of protein, yeah. um, a lot of brown rice. Mix it in with a whole lemon, um, curry powder, turmeric, salt and pepper, coriander, um, cumin, paprika, um, and some diced or some really well-cut spinach and then mix it all together. Yum. And boom, you have this beautiful mix of high-carb, high-protein, very, very calorie-dense as far as, you know, um, plant food goes. Um, and I put capsicum on top and a heap of sauerkraut and then more spinach and pack it into like a 1.1-liter container and that's my smoko. It's massive. <laughs> it's huge. Like, it takes me a good solid 15 minutes to just chow down and eat it. Um, and I'm chockers. Like, I'm so full. And I have, I actually, I have an office job at the moment. I've moved from the factory now to the office over the years. Um, so I'm not as moving as much anymore, but that fills me up a lot. And then, like I said, my, um, my lunch is that quinoa mix. And then I have a, I make hummus as well at the start of the week. And I have hummus every day after work with carrots and I eat pumpkin seeds to fill me up before I go to the gym. Come home, I have a plant-based protein shake, and then I wait for Sean to get home and cook dinner. Wow. And rinse and repeat. So it's, it's good. Rinse and repeat. So meal prep, meal prep, make new things. And the third one would be? Don't be a preacher. <laughs> I would say the biggest mistake I made at the start of this was going to all my friends and going, no, don't eat that. It's going to kill you. And don't eat that. It's going <laughs> to make you sick. And they just got so sick of it. So I would say lead by example. Um, like I said earlier, um, we've had so many people wanting to know what I eat. Like I, I bring my lunch in and they're like, oh my God, it smells amazing. What's their recipe? Or, you know, we take them out to a restaurant. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. So mm. I suppose the, the most impact we've had, Sean and I, to our friends and family um, and those we interact with on a daily basis was just, yeah, lead by example. Don't get under the nose and tell everyone that, you know, Cows are destroying the planet with their, you know, <laughs> all that, you know. We've all been there, yeah. Blake. We've all been. I think yeah. every single guest on this show had to make that realization, and it's horrible because you ostracize everyone from you because they hate you for telling them. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have yeah. to just 
be quiet I mean, and my my word uh you know you can't help it really society but the worst part about being whole food plant-based is having to go out to a restaurant and saying i'm vegan and without every single person in the room going god that's another one of those vegans there bloody tree huggers those lots and you know holding on to trucks so they can't drive down the street with a load of cows you know i just hate being thrown on the bandwagon with the people who uh, i mean don't get me wrong i love the fact that i don't eat animals and i love the fact that you know every day we go without meat is reducing our carbon footprint and everything but i'm not in it for that i'm in it for my health so it's so hard to convince people that it's for health reasons, not because I'm a, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I am a vegan, <laughs> but I agree with you that we have, I did find that there's a long period of time where I found it and I still do cringe a bit because it's got such bad press, which is why I changed the name of the podcast recently from what When Life Gives Lemons Go Vegan to the Corinne Ninja podcast because... Of that reason, because it makes so many people get turned off. And I am, I did go, I was plant-based um, initially and then I went vegan um, for the animals when I, in the planet, once I had my children. So I can see what you're saying and I used to feel like I always had to preface it by, don't worry, I'm not an asshole, <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah, a dickhead yeah. or I'm not a yeah. jerk or I'm not. Yeah. I used to say that all the time and I probably still sometimes do. If, if people respond a certain, like, they, if people recoil when I say it, I say, I'm fine. Like, I'm still a normal person that's nice. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, people associate that word with someone telling you that you shouldn't eat that or watching you eat your lovely steak, you know, smeared in, in yeah. gravy and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I don't want to be that person. And, and since I realized I haven't been, and Sean and I haven't been, you know, we go out to restaurants that don't do plant-based and we just say to them, hey, you know, we're vegans, can you sort of do this and do that? And they're like, yeah, sure, we can do that. And we sit there quite happily and I love the smell of a steak and, and prawns on top of a steak, don't get me wrong. And I say to the people that, wow, that smells amazing or wow, that looks amazing. I don't sit there going, oh, my God, why are they eating that? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you know, let's just be friends, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I think that being friends is really important. And I think that leading by – obviously, I – want as many people as that's what this podcast is about as many people as possible to adopt a whole food plant-based diet because it's better for everyone's health and if we feel good then we are kinder to everyone we're nicer to everyone we meet in the street when we feel great when we feel crappy you're less likely to smile at people you're less likely to go out of your way for somebody else in your community or in your family and you know this way of eating is the best for everyone for kids for the future of of humanity really and it's also the best for the planet and the animals and I and I care about all three things oh I kind of know I, I, I couldn't choose but obviously my health is number one because I can't spread this message if I'm in a sick body yeah so I completely understand what you're saying as far as you know there is some bad people. yeah and I always if I see a good non-vegan cake that looks amazing I always say far out I would love to you know I still love I cake was my thing and I think whatever your thing was if it's cher <laughs> cheese or butter or if it's steak and prawns it's hard to not find that still yeah I mean yeah I'm never gonna probably eat a steak and prawns again but I mean we eat cake all the time but it's just from a place down the road called Rojo and Buer that makes sugarless gluten-free ice cream cakes and it's amazing 100 <laughs> percent plant-based like we want a cake fix we just go grab some cake 
Yeah. Um, you know, we eat dark chocolate. We just have yeah. the 70% cocoa dark chocolate. I mean, exactly, it is, exactly. it's processed, but that's, you got to have your vice, right? You got to have something. You can't just be, you know, if and you I want something. I think like, that most people, most people who come on this show, they all eat, you know, I still eat, I still eat vegan cake. Like I still make vegan cakes. I still make vegan ice cream out of bananas. I still, I still have the odd bits of, you know, dark, oh, I probably have it less because dark chocolate gets me, gets me hyper like coffee I'm, 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 I get super anxious and it doesn't, doesn't agree with me but I like the taste of it so it's a love-hate relationship yeah. but I think that yeah slowly we we change and adapt our taste buds and so now like dairy and 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 meat makes me gag looking at it but still desserts because desserts always look so pretty yeah. I always think I'm gonna go home and make a vegan version of that <laughs> yeah I mean I, I can't really avoid it I mean I'm with my work friends, <clears throat> if you're listening, 11, 11.30 lunches, really, come on, guys. Like, I'm sitting there waiting for 12.30 to come along to eat my lunch and they're eating these amazingly, deliciously smelling foods that I used mm. to have yes. on a Friday lunch with them, but now I can't, yeah. but they still smell amazing. Toasted cheese sandwiches I were my advice, like my thing when I was forever, my whole life, and I still... Like when you were talking about ham and cheese, I didn't care about the ham, I care about the cheese. The cheese toasties, I associate that with Australia, with winter, and I still have this like, oh, uh, you know. When, if I, when I went to World Vegan Day and got I got a vegan one a few years ago and like it was high in, was high in saturated fat and it wasn't yeah. gluten-free. Whatever, it was bad for you, but it was it was delicious and that is something that I will never, I don't think I'll ever – think of and think oh yuck you know i always think ch- ch- cheese toasties are the comforting comfort food of the gods <laughs> yeah shaughnessy's biggest one was cheese i think as well like we used to eat quite a fair bit of cheese pretty much just your regular amount of cheese for a you know a western diet you know on tacos on top of spaghetti on top of everything that pretty much melts cheese um so that was a big one but once we found out sort of what cheese was and the negative side effects, it's, uh, yeah, probably not one I'll ever go back to. Yeah, I'll never, ever <laughs> go back to cheese. Yuck. The thought of eat drinking someone else's pus from their breasts, another <laughs> species' breasts. Yeah, yeah. Once I learned that, I was – once I learned that and just obviously this t- suffering for the animals and the planet, I was just like, oh, yuck. Yeah. I mean, it's – Yuck. I, I suppose you would have had this too. Um, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but one no, of the biggest. We, we, we're over time, but it's fine. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest ones that my friends were, my brother especially, she was like, where do you get your protein? Where do you get your protein? And it's like, well, where do the cows and, and everything you eat get their protein? From what we're eating, we're just, you know, just missing out the middleman. That, that's quite funny, I think. You know. Yeah, I really like that you're getting it secondhand. Like second, yeah. I, really, I really liked when I learned that, you know, you're getting your omega-3 from the fish secondhand. You know, the fish are just yeah. getting their omega-3 from the algae. Where, you know, it's, it's great. And you don't have to have all the disease and the things that are in those animals nowadays, you know. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it is good. It's great, everyone. Sorry for going off on a tangent about the foods that we miss. <laughs> yeah, you can still miss those foods. Like I still miss those foods, and it's good. I think it's good to hear that people that come along still miss those foods. Like, I don't. I never was into meat, but obviously Blake was into steak, and I I never was. So I never. That isn't something that gets me. But there's certain cakes and certain, 
you know, cheese toasties that I still think, oh, gosh, I'd love a really good cheddar cheese toasty. It'd be amazing. Yeah, on a cold winter night when you're running yeah, up front of the telly, right? just a toasty. Yeah. Just a to- after tea toasty. I would never have that now. Eating after <laughs> I don't, I, after seven, I'm done with eating. But, you know, I, I, I did love it after cheese, after tea toasty. It just seems like a comfort fit in a rainy winter night with a blanket. But don't go yeah. out and eat that if you're not on this way of eating and you're thinking she's just made some <laughs> great points about, no, this isn't the point of the podcast. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it, I feel so much better in my body and Blake does too from leaving those foods behind. Definitely, 100% agree. 100%. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And your story is so... I've never heard of that condition before. And there's a few condi- – there was one at the very beginning, episode two with Alana, and hers was about interstitial cystitis. And so she was growing cysts all over her organs. Wow. In her body, and she was debilitated with all these painful cysts that were bursting inside her everywhere constantly. And I'd never heard of that. And there's so many conditions – like your, like like yours and others that I'd never had any, and even my own MS. Like you say, when I got MS, I was like, "What? All I know about was the readathon from primary school, and I never even did that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this karma? <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't think it's going to happen to you, do you? You're just traveling along, you know, on your own little path of life, and then all of a sudden, bam! And then you just got to sort of pick yourself up and get on with it. And I think uh, people who know me and people who have sort of, you know, experiences with me, that's the one thing they say to me, Blake, you know, you never got too down in the dumps, you know, you just sort of got on with your life, you know, you just get up and get on with it. It's a wonderful way to be. It's a wonderful way to be. And I think that it, it's difficult at the start. Of course, there's grief when you get a diagnosis. It's frightening and uncertain about your future, like what yours was and like most people's on the shows was when you just don't know what the possibility holds. But you know, educating yourself, like you said, trying new foods that may not be your comfort foods, going off and trying new foods or getting some support or getting, if it's, if it's a meal ser- delivery service for boxes of whole foods like there was in Blake's area, finding those to make it easier with some recipe cards, do whatever it takes to make it more fun for you and, and just start playing around with it because like like Blake's saying now and like I you know I've said, like, we never think it's going to happen to us until it does happen to us. And it does. It will. Like, it's it's only when. It's not it, – there's a, there's a rare few, but they are the very, very, very exceptions to the rule who can eat terribly for their entire lives and live till they're 100. Everyone has that one relative. Oh, he's my grandpa. He smoked and he ate only sausages for 99 years and died in his sleep. Great for Gramps, but <laughs> yeah. he's not—he's not the rule. Look around you; he's not the rule. Gramps is the very much the exception, and I don't know what else he did. If he was happy, if he had a great wife, or if he had some magical other thing going on, but he's not the person to look for for what's the likely outcome of eating a sad diet for your entire life. He's the exception. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just. At the end of the day, do what works for you and, you know, don't think about it too much. This, it's just put into your body what you want to get out of it. You know, at the end of the day, we're not going to convert the whole world into be plant-based overnight. So small changes, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't started, the, you know, you're still eating, just, you know, your regular Western diet, meat and cheese, you know, just make small changes, you know, just go a few nights of the week without cheese or go a few nights of the week without meat and 
just yeah, little bits and pieces, and every bit helps. So. Buy a bag of edamame from Woolies Frozen section, like I'm going to, and just give it a try this week. Add it into a salad. Cook it into a... Full of protein, edamame. Risotto. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just try something new and make it fun and don't see it as this death toll nightmare of your life ending. Just think, well, I'll I'll add some more broccoli onto my plate five nights a week and see how that goes. I'm crowd out the foods that I want to eat a bit less of with plant foods or new grains. Try quinoa if you haven't tried it. Try some brown rice salad instead of having a meat salad, you know. <laughs> Add some chickpeas. <laughs> I don't know if it's, is, is it. People have chicken strips with salad, I think, sometimes. So that's yeah. what I was kind that of was, envisioning. That's pretty, pretty common lunchtime for Sean C and I sometimes back in the, back in the days before going plant-based yeah yeah so give new things a try and just be make it fun and playful and don't be hard on yourself or beat yourself up just keep going on the journey and educating yourself and doing your best agreed thank you so much blake it was so great to have you on the show Uh, it's a pleasure thanks corinne it's been uh great to sort of talk about it and get it out there it's good thank you so much blake for coming on the show thank you all so much for listening and Every week, I'm so, so grateful for everyone who comments, messages me, you know, touches base with me about what they've enjoyed about the episodes or what resonated with them or what episodes, stories stuck out for them or, you know, shared it, rated it, reviewed it on social media or iTunes, Um, just supported this podcast in any way because every time you do, it inspires me to keep going and sharing these stories, but it also means that more people find this podcast in the Facebook and you know Instagram algorithms and I'm not an expert in those areas but I know that the more people comment and like and share the more these posts and these stories get spread and get made visible on social media so thank you so much for your support for your likes for your comments for your sharing the episodes and for heading over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes Stitcher to leave a rating or a review, all of those things help more people find this podcast and hopefully help them to make take take the first steps into adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet for their own health but also for the health and the future of this planet and for the animals. I'm so grateful to all of you for your support and I will see you all next week. <laughs>